0: Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the episode. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Mazia Zafar, Head of Customer Strategy and Policy at Calooza. Kaluza is part of the OVO Group. Which uh, has grown in the UK to having around 5 million customers and is active across a number of other countries as well. We'll be exploring the pathway to a new energy world where devices like electric vehicles, electric heating, and more not only meet customers' needs, but also contribute to the needs of the wider energy system. And we'll be keeping a laser like focus on the customer. So let's get going. Hello, Marzia. Hello. Thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, Can you start by briefly describing Calooza after my pen portrait of OVO and maybe its relationship with OVO or how it sits in the OVO group?
1: Perfect, perfect. Uh, So Calooza in itself is a technology company. Uh, We bring to life the policies that that government institutes. For instance, the net zero uh, target for 2050. Uh, we create the technologies for suppliers and customers to be able to uh, contribute t- uh, to the net zero target and, and eventually get there in, in a cost effective and reasonable manner. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kaluza itself was born out of Ovo Energy. And as you know, Ovo Energy has been around since 2009. Uh, mm-hmm. We um, took over SSE as well. So now we have over 5 million customers. Uh, Kaluza became an independent arm of OVO Energy in 2019. Um, and the reason that uh, Kaluza started is because OVO uh, has uh, the um, Plan Zero Goal, uh, which uh, what OVO is looking for is to not only uh, get its operations uh, to, be, uh, to be net zero uh, by 2030, but also help customers get there. Uh, mm-hmm. And to do that, we uh, Ovo needed a platform, a billing platform, an energy retail platform. Or I would say an ecosystem that allowed it to be nimble, that allowed it to deliver customers um, the service offerings that that they needed to be able to engage, to to give the customers an easy way to uh, understand their bill, to be able to to contribute uh, towards net zero if they wanted to.
0: So, okay, so Marzia, uh, when you say technology company, you're not talking about developing a technology like uh, a heat pump or that that hardware. You're talking about the the platform that interface between the energy retailer and the customer.
1: You know, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm talking about the billing platform. I'm talking about yeah. how the, how customers see their usage, how customers are are communicate with their with their supplier. I think. Yeah. Uh, Thus far, it's just been a very unfriendly uh, interface, uh, if you will, um, and we want to change that. We want to make it uh, as easy as your banking, uh, the way you, the way you, you uh, see your bank balances. We want yeah. customers to be able to just have an easy way of interacting with their supplier. We've built a whole ecosystem, one platform, that yeah. can give the supplier everything it needs to be able to interact with the customer. And yep. additionally, allow their customers to be able to interact with the grid. It's one platform because our platform is modular you can you can take the flexibility and just use the flexibility part without the the billing platform or you can take the billing platform itself and not use flexibility okay. our Our goal is to give optionality to introduce optionality for the custom for the uh, in- use customer as well as the supplier.
0: Okay, and like with we're seeing with a number of other companies now, you've developed this platform, you've developed Kalooza, it's not only for Ovo's use, you're working with other retailers, uh, providing services through the platform, through Kalooza to other retailers.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, and we we think uh, that we want to to share what we've built uh, with with everyone globally we think yeah. that that we have, we are offering something that's special we think that we're offering a, a solution that 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 makes sense so why not share it with everybody
0: okay and um, uh, tell us a bit about your role as head of customer strategy and policy what what does that involve bring that to life a bit for our listeners
1: I think for our startup uh, all of these titles don't really mean anything. We all do everything, <laughs> anything on any given day. Um, yeah. what, I, what I think I, I bring into to, uh, to such a young startup like Palooza is that I have 20 years of energy policy experience. Um, and I have uh, a lot of direct customer experience in trying to engage the customer, the end use customer to, to want to move from being a rate payer to being a customer, um, I think uh, that's what I'd like to bring in that mindset that um, we have to do. We 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 sh- we shouldn't think that we are the customer. We need to go to the customers themselves directly mm-hmm. to them to do to understand what their needs are, what their pain points are, what they're looking for, and build a system around their needs. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do most. And and in, in having a very keen eye and, and doing focus groups within, with customers to see what they want, what they don't want.
0: I often say there's a lot of technology push in the energy sector and yeah. you mentioned ratepayers, which is widely used in the US. Uh, another word I hear that I don't like is consumers because that suggests something is done to customers. Uh, yeah. So um, so your job at Kaluza. As you said, it will involve many different things in a, a growing company, but it's really to ha- keep that customer at the centre of what you're doing and to have that customer-centric mindset.
1: Yeah, and also and also to just bring that policy expertise and in, into the company uh, because the the energy industry is uh, a heavily regulated industry, uh, and and policy drives everything, whether we like it or not. You know, policy is the top of the funnel. Uh, government uh, creates policy, then uh, the industry creates solutions to meet that policy.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's just look at that policy area briefly. And your background, you worked as a, in uh, you had a regulator's perspective in California. You worked as director of insights for the World Energy Council. You're now in Kaluza. If you step back a bit, how do you, how, well, or not? Do you see policy evolving as you think it needs to? Um, where do you see the industry? What What are you optimistic about? What are you pessimistic about?
1: I, I think I think there's there's policy, then there's regulatory reform, and then there's tax solutions, and then above it all is will customers want this? Um, and and I think. I think policy is moving pretty fast. Uh, I think regulatory reform is, you know, is lagging a bit. But uh, I must say that being in Europe, being in the UK, it is such a uh, breath of fresh air because the, the regulatory system here is extremely progressive, and it is yeah. a competitive market. Innovation is is being sought after, um, but there's still a lot of Rules and standards that need to be uh need to be looked at and reformed you know as an example yeah. uh, half hourly settlements elective half hourly settlements to to let to to allow uh suppliers to continue to uh use projections versus actuals doesn't give them the incentive uh Mm -hmm. to want to use flexibility or demand response for instance because you're you're using your projections you're not matching your supply and demand on a half hourly basis on an actual basis instead you're matching your projections so that's a rule that needs to be fixed half hourly settlements should not be elective we need to settle supply and demand on a half hourly basis and it should be uh, both on the residential side as well as the commercial side today in the uk is just on the commercial side mandatory and it's yeah. elective on the com- on the residential side
0: yeah that's quite uh, i guess we've we've veered into energy tech and uh, energy uh, market details but there's a really i think that's a great example because the need to match supply and demand better You have to be able to, a supplier has to be able to buy what their customers are actually using rather than the standard assumption of what their customers will use to give them incentives to better match supply and demand. Um, How you meant UK, I think, is relatively progressive. Europe as a whole is moving in the right direction, different countries at different speeds. Um, If you zoom in on that issue of half-hourly settlement, is How quickly is the UK moving and you obviously want it to move faster, but are you confident that in a few years, every supplier or retailer in the UK will be settling on a half hourly basis? Or are you frustrated that even in a place like the UK, it's taking far too long?
1: Well, I'm really glad that you asked me this because to me, I feel like we right now, we in the UK both uh, both. the regulatory side and the market side, we have some time, we have some time to do this right. Uh, mm. Because right now we have the UK, uh, we don't have smart devices at scale to really make flexibility be commercially viable today. But yeah. we know that it's, it is crucial uh, for net zero, because as soon as uh, we have millions of cars on the road, it's gonna become not only commercially viable, but it's gonna become a necessity. And that's when I think you need half-hourly settlement. So National Grid, uh, ESO, has estimated that in 2025, we're going to have a few million cars on the road in the UK. In 2030, we're going to have almost 10 million cars. It is crucially important that the market is ready for those EV owners in 2025 to have the right incentives for them to want to take advantage of, um, of the offerings that say, a Kaluza would have, or, or the industry would have, because yeah. if you can give, can I explain this in, in, and, yeah. okay. So a, a, an average customer in the UK uses about 3,700 kilowatt hours annually when you add their ev to that that's another 1800 kilowatt hours that's almost a 50 percent increase and in my in our view when that bill comes in that customer is going to call their their supplier or email their supplier and say hey why did my bill go up what am i supposed to do it is at that time that the market needs to be ready because the customer is ready to engage so we need to give them the information and if we do have the right market mechanisms in place, like half-hourly settlements, like price signals, like transparency at the local voltage uh, uh, network, then we Mm -hmm. can turn around and say, well, because of flexibility, if you are Calusa enabled, if if you allow us to optimize your your usage for you, we can give you a 20% discount on your bill, or we can give you a 30% discount on your bill. All of that is dependent on policies being adopted by reg, 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 uh, regulation.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the, as you say, in most European countries, we've got a bit of time. Yes. Uh, but not that much time.
1: Yeah. So. We have a couple of years, I think, to, to make this work. Because, in my view, you only get the customer once calling calling, and if we tell them if we reject them, then we're gonna we're gonna have to wait another few years for them to come back to us again yeah okay uh,
0: well you made a nice segue into customers there Marzia, from uh i guess the, the policy part of your role to the customer strategy the boring, part of
1: your role. The boring policy talk which i would love to talk more about but go ahead <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you gave an example there of a a customer use case that, that we can all imagine um, now There's a lot of talk in the energy sector about customer empowerment, about customer engagement, customers becoming part of the energy system. Uh, I'd love to be part of the energy system, but I'm not a typical customer. Most customers, to be honest, couldn't really care. And energy is such a low engagement sector. So what's, yeah, how do you see that in terms of needing the energy system needing customers flexibility, but customers having really low engagement, maybe that changes a bit as they have electric vehicles or or heat pumps. Um, What should we be aspiring to in terms of prosumers, active customers, engaged customers, or is that the wrong mindset, do you think?
1: Well, I, don't, I mean, I, I would I would look at the customer archetypes, you know, and and maybe sometimes we tend to only look at the green customers, or we only tend to look at price sensitive customers, but there's you know this massive customer base in the beginning and and, and and in the middle that that is looking for for a little nudge, you know, and we if we have price sensitive, we have techie customers, we have older customers, we have non-techy customers, we have to think about all of them at the the same time and and, and plan accordingly for them. So to Mm -hmm. me, I feel like customer engagement is very much lagging in the energy industry because energy is a a basic necessity. We just wanna switch the light on and have the light come on. We don't really care about the billing. But when you actually now have, as a customer, when you start to put smart devices in your home, and your bill goes up that's that's a point where the customer wants to engage that's when the customer says okay well how am i supposed to do this how can i how can i take advantage of this and i think i see a lot of hope and 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 making and seeing a lot of customer engagement once we have once they get smart devices in their homes
0: yeah okay
1: um
0: I think it's really interesting what you said about different customer types, because another thing I see the energy sector being very guilty of is talking about the customer. There's not yeah. one type, <laughs> there's all loads of types, but segmenting them is, is really important. Um how do you build that into your work at Ovo? I mean, I see a big difference between incumbent energy companies and the, the new breed of energy companies. It's easier to have a different culture in yeah. a, a New energy company than an incumbent, but tell us a bit about how in Palooza orovo you you really embed that customer centric thinking.
1: Sure. So we don't want to we don't want to build for the techie customer. We want to build technology for the non techie customer. That's our goal. If we build technology that a non techie customer would want to use, where you know we've succeeded. And the way we do that is is we talk to these customers, and we are uh, we ask customers, okay, ha, you know, w- what do you need for you to want to, to engage? And one thing, for instance, that we have put for uh, as part of the Kaluza platform is um, is a customer spotlight. So when you go to your uh, to your um, Ovo energy bill and you see your Ovo energy bill online. You get a you get a spotlight that is only tailored to that customer and nobody else.
0: It's a very that, personalized. Very it's a
1: personalized. very personalized, and the more personalized you make the interface, mm-hmm. the easier it is for the customer to want to participate because they get interested. So our our number one goal is to make it more personalized, to make it tailored for each customer, um, and. To, to make sure that if we build for the non-techie, then we've covered it, almost everybody.
0: Have you got an example of that type of personalization that's maybe one that's worked and maybe one that you've tried and learned, mm, that's not the route to go? Um,
1: I, I'm i more aware of, of uh, I think I can, I have to think about what hasn't worked. But for mm. us, what has worked is that that first that first flash of that energy spotlight. Here's what you have. And then uh, we we go and we show them um and and they can amplify this by giving us better information uh, of how much energy each of their appliances are using. That's Hmm. really, really popular. Uh, Another thing that's popular is uh is the carbon cutting, you know, how much carbon they're using. Uh, And that's you know maybe more for the for the green customer, but the information displayed uh, in both um bar charts as well as just sheer numbers that's that's good for customers some customers just want a flat number some customer want they want bar charts uh those are those are seem to be more popular the ability to change your uh, your direct debit easily and and talk to the customer, talk to the customer agent uh, and have the customer agent have all the information in front of them. That's also really, uh, it it makes not only our agents happy, but it makes our customers happy because the the agent doesn't have to transfer them to a second agent or a third agent. When the customer calls, they only have to speak with one person. That's also super popular
0: yeah okay so that essentially that better customer experience driving that easier customer experience what about how to even get them to look at the energy spotlight in the first place <laughs> do you think that's the challenge
1: well, i i think the reason it's not that that much of a challenge is because it's on the front page of their customer interface yeah uh, and, and we've put it right up front uh and and we've we've highlighted so it's it's, it's eye appeasing as well and and it yeah. makes them want to read it.
0: Yeah. And that that mindset is very, very different from my experience of a normal billing department of an old energy company. Um in terms of people or skills that over sorry, Caloza employees, are you are you an employed behavioral scientist? Are you behaving what sort of skills are you trying to bring into the business to drive this mentality this way of thinking
1: so we have a lot of um a lot of data scientists uh on on mm-hmm. our um, um as, as employees we have a lot of product managers we have uh, uh obviously a lot of d- software developers who understand the energy business and who are wanting to make a difference i think that 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 goes a long way where. Uh, the fact that that ovo has the plan zero in that yeah. commitment that uh, we are getting um a uh, a very good talent pool we get to select from a very good talent pool uh of of data scientists of product managers and software engineers who are wanting to make a difference in this world yeah yeah
0: yeah, I can see that it's um yeah if you're motivated by what you do and you're customer centric as well then yeah you' get the right type
1: of i think the key yeah. the key is when uh, because everybody's going to say they're customer centric uh i think mm-hmm. the key is are you thinking that customer centricity means one customer archetype or all customer archetypes and are you thinking yeah. that customer is yourself or is it the actual customers in their houses and that's that's a, a you know, I think I think sometimes uh, people may make assume that you are you are the the customer that that you're building for, and we try to avoid that as much as we can.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's by a lot of focus group research, a lot of primary customer research, bringing that voice of the customer right into your business.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and for us, even management, we get a we get a weekly update of uh, titled Voice of the Customer. And that yeah. that goes not just to, to uh, middle management or to analysts, and, but that goes all the way to, to the CEO of the company. We, we yeah. get to, everybody gets to hear the voice of the customer on a weekly basis, Friday afternoon, we get that email.
0: Okay, okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the last question before we move on to the crystal ball. So you talked at the beginning about sort of policy moving fast, regulatory reform, lagging a bit. Tech solutions being developed quite quickly, I think, probably ahead of the other two. How hard is it for a tech company like Palooza to be ahead of the curve? So, if I think about flexibility and your flexibility platform, you're involved in some really cool pilot projects. But as you said, some of this isn't yet mainstream um, because we need those regulatory reforms. The market's not there. Maybe it doesn't quite need to be there yet. So. For some startups, that's a value of death, because they do pilots, but they can never get to the mainstream. For you, that is maybe more of a, it takes time, you've developed the solutions, but it will take time to get them out into market, so maybe that's a financial investment challenge. How do you see that journey from the really cool flexibility pilots to, you know, having millions of those electric vehicles that need smart charging, for example?
1: I think, uh, I think you're right in that statement that you said that, you know, maybe tax solutions are moving a little faster. I think uh, the investment community is also very, uh, v- very open to, to seeing these tax solutions um, for Calusa specifically. I think we're fortunate enough to have OVO behind this OVO and their five million customers behind this, you know, we mm. get to. Uh, we have the luxury of, of of seeing what these customers want and offering it to that customer base. For instance, uh, our type of use tariff. We looked at yeah. uh, in December. We looked at the time of use, uh, the agile work that was uh, the agile tariff that that maybe took a hit. Um, and we looked at the social media and we saw that you know customers were concerned about prices going higher. And for us, that that raised an alarm because we said you know our whole business is about customer engagement. Not yeah. zero is about customer engagement. We don't want, and now the, UK's, the UK customers on the cusp of wanting to be engaged because they're starting to get their smart devices. Yeah. And we don't want them to feel like engagement means risking their pocketbook or engagement means, oh my God, I have to spend more time looking at my, yeah. uh, at every half hour what the wholesale price is. So yeah. we quickly, we were able to quickly create a new offering called type of use tariff. Because of the Calusa technology, we are able to offer um, uh, OVO customers 6P per kilowatt hour, 24 hours a day, fixed price for their EV charging. And we're able to do this because we get to optimize their load and use price arbitrage and be able to give that uh, you know, share that revenue with them. So those are the types of things that I think gives me comfort that uh, Calusa is on the right track. We may be a little early when it comes to, say, a flexibility platform being fully commercially viable, but but we are ready because we're backed by by uh, uh, OVO.
0: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, for me, the key points there uh, are you've got that, that backing of big part of a larger group. You're not a tech, only company that is going from venture capital around to venture capital around and having to get traction quickly with its customers. And you've also, I think that's a really nice example of the benefits of being part of a bigger group with its own retail business. So yeah. um rather than a, a tech only firm. I'm sure there are pros. Many listeners will think, yeah, but there are pros of being a tech only firm. There are pros and cons of both. But I, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Um let's bring out the talking new energy crystal ball and I'm gonna uh, do something a bit different, which is ask you to choose the time setting, Marzia. So um, what I'd like you to do is pick either 2025 or 2030 and to explain why you pick that time scale for this question. So how different will the customer's experience be in the future, in either 2025 or 2030? compared to customers' experience today? Uh, for example, you know, you'll frame this in Kalooza and, and Ovo, but it could be framed by by any supplier or retailer. So, yeah, how different will the customer experience be? And do you want to answer that for 2025 or 2030? And I will we'll set the dial on the crystal ball accordingly. Um,
1: so, I will take 2030, simply okay. because of, uh, the the number of smart devices that i think will be in the market by 2030 um so the the estimates are that that there'll be about 10 million uh evs in the uk market in 2030 and uh hopefully over uh over a million or a couple of million of heat pumps uh, in mm-hmm. people's homes and the experience to me uh in 2030 would be that the customer has has a uh energy app, whether that's an ovo app or a Calusa app, that customer you know uh wakes up Monday morning and and says um this week you know I'm gonna set my parameters for my EV charging that I want I want my EV to be completely charged by 7 a.m in the morning and uh it's winter time, you know. I want I want my heat to be at at 69 degrees Fahrenheit. I apologize, mm-hmm. I don't know Celsius, but I'm, I, it'll be sometime. 20 in degrees. Degrees.
0: 20, yeah. 20
1: degrees. And and that information gets gets delivered to the energy supplier, and that energy supplier then uh, uses that that flexible load into the market. Whether that's you know, at, hopefully the market at this time will have uh, an, a level playing field for flexibility, which will be residential flexibility, which will be small, a smaller load. So yeah. we can take that load in the balancing mechanism and the frequency, uh, all the ancillary services. And, yeah. and there's price signals, but basically the customer is is driving the engagement, is, is, is completely engaged with, with uh, their supplier because their app is so easy. And yeah. and in the mornings or you know they, they get a text message saying you know today is a is a flex day and mm-hmm. if you want if you want extra extra money today you may want to plug in your car at uh, at 3 p.m. rather than at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Those little text messages and all the, the customer does is says okay I'm going to change my parameter. Also when it comes to their billing uh, the customer it's a rolling it's a rolling balance so. On, on any given day, the customer looks at, at their balance and can pay it off right then. or they can send a message. You know the, the idea the idea for me in 2030 is that it's similar to my HSBC uh, app or yeah. my uh, any other uh, app that I have on my phone uh, that can easily engage and, and it has a live chat that uh, if I want to speak with my with my uh, supplier, I can just do everything on my app and and that would be the end of it.
0: So it's bringing energy up to the best in class with other industries with the added feature of this flexibility and having your home at the right temperature the temperature you want and I know some people listening may think yeah but are people really going to look at their energy app every week but what I find really interesting is with smart thermostats what we've seen is people with a smart thermostat, use their app sometimes several times a week because it's a mm-hmm. comfort in their home. And they wouldn't use their app several times a week to look at their energy bill, but they would use their app several times a week to, to feel comfortable in their home. So
1: yeah. while energy
0: itself might be very dull and boring in terms of kilowatt hours and kilowatts, comfort and mobility are the center of many people's, you know, key part of people's lives.
1: Exactly, I mean, to me, a few years back, I got a Nest thermostat in the US only because it was pretty. That was it, I I liked the orange color, I liked that it would just light up. And then once I got it because it was pretty, I I also realized that I can actually control it when I'm I'm at work and I wanna make sure that I come home to a warm house, I just change the temperature. I think so long as tech solutions have the customer at the center of what they're building on a daily basis, I think yeah. we're in good shape. But the second you you, you take your eye off that customer at, at, at the center, then we're going to build for what what I want to build or what you want to build rather than what that wider customer wants.
0: Well, I think that's a great way to wrap it up, Marzia, about that focus on the customer. So we started and finished at the customer. We had a little segue, quite rightly, into energy policy, and uh, but uh, a nice customer focus throughout. So uh, thanks very much. That was a r- great conversation. Um, thanks for the time. Thanks for joining the podcast today.
1: Of course. I am all about flexibility and demand res- or slash demand response. I hope one of these days we get to see it live and it'd be kind of sort of normal business day.
0: I'm sure we will. And thanks as always to everyone for for joining the episode and listening to it. We hope you found it useful and interesting and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com.